It is Monday, the 22nd of February, 2021. Ted Cruz would like to help you get this case of water into the trunk of your car. And you're listening to the Handsome Genius Club radio show. Hey kids, welcome to the show. My name is Kingdom, Anthony Kingdom James. Uh, my, I, you know what, I'm going to do this first. Before I rip into Ted Cruz, my cat is so mad at me right now. Um, I was petting Chloe a little while ago, and I felt something on her side. Um, like, uh, well, like on her undercarriage, about halfway down her body. And just where it is, it can't be a nipple. So... I don't know what it is, and I tried to hold her so that I could take a look at it, and uh, she is not fucking happy with me at all right now. I need this cat to get comfortable with being picked up or held so that I can, not just so I can cut her nails, but so I can figure out what the hell this is on her side. I'm going to have to trank this cat up or spend money that I can't afford on a vet to trank this cat up and examine her. So that that might have to happen this week. Um, yeah. Um, anyways, Ted Cruz. I'm not going to make the obvious speaking of blank joke because that's inappropriate. I'm trying to be slightly less problematic. I'm, I'm, I know I'm problematic. I do not wear that as a badge of honor. I'm trying to avoid, you know, going for the cheap, obvious joke a little more often. Um, hey, speaking of cheap jokes, <laughs> there, we found a way around it. Ted Cruz, Raphael Cruz Jr., um, Oh God, I just got I just got the show text and it's Jody Threat. Uh podcast daytime this week. What day? Tomorrow. <laughs> I've asked Jody to come on the show a few times and she's I'm not gonna say weaseled out, but she's <laughs> But she's managed to avoid it a couple of times. And then she texted me a few days ago asking, when are we doing this? And then disappeared on me this weekend. So I'm going to take advantage of this and I'm going to fucking hold her to recording some podcast action. Now I see the three dots where she's replying to the text message. Oh, woman. I tell you. Um, yes, Raphael Ted Cruz. And I'm sure you all know the story by now, unless you're Space Monkey. Um, hang on. There we go. Um, yeah, uh, Texas has uh, giant winter storms and uh, power goes out across a lot of the state. Um uh, <laughs> and uh and what does ted cruz decide to do as the junior senator for texas he decides to um 
abandon his constituents, abandon his state, abandon people in crisis, and uh, and break quarantine, break travel restrictions, and take his daughters and some some friends to Cancun, Mexico for the weekend. As a matter of fact, it's it's just it's quarter after eleven p.m. on Sunday night as I'm recording this. He would still be in Cancun, or he'd be flying home just now if he hadn't been caught. And he got caught red fucking handed, smoking gun in one hand, bloody knife in the other. He got caught. This this is the easiest game of Clue ever. Photos of him in the airport, photos of him boarding the plane before the plane took off, the world knew what he was doing. What a motherfucker in the middle of a crisis. This guy wants to run for president again in 2024. In 2021, he is abandoning people in need. His house is cold, so let's go to Cancun. And not only... This was, he tried to get away with it by saying that he was just escorting them down there and then coming back, even though he had like a three day bag. But here's the best they were in a text chain with their neighbors, a group chat with their neighbors, saying, Hey, these are the flight plans. You want to come with us? Somebody in that group text handed the group text over to the media. On top of that, on top of that, um, so he, well, no, let me leave the on top of that for a couple more sentences. So when he gets to Cancun, you know, everything is popping. He basically turns around to come home the next day. Um, and, and when he gets back to Texas, he's wearing, or on the way back, you know, at the airport in Cancun, he's wearing a Texas flag face mask. Suddenly, he goes from a plain gray face mask to a Texas flag face mask. Because, you know, he's got to show that he loves Texas, the state he abandoned. Here's the on top of that. Reporters outside of his home saw his dog in the window. He, the family abandoned the dog presuming that they were going to Cancun for three whole days the family abandoned their dog in the house was somebody coming by to walk the dog or do they have a feeder on a timer and they're just hoping it craps in the basement or something I mean what 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 kind of fucking what kind of fucking piece of shit is Ted Cruz? He is, he's, he's, he's pretty low on the evolutionary scale. He's slithering lizard. Anyways, um, in the meantime, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, uh, representative from New York State, <laughs> raised $4 million and climbing to help the people of Texas. Uh, the, the leadership of the GOP in Texas slammed her in a series of tweets. Um, they're creating a false narrative that 
renewable energy was uh, the problem with uh, with the Texas energy grid, which is a demonstrable lie. But, you know, hey, let's instead of thanking a woman from, uh, you know, halfway across the country who's doing something to help your people. Uh, why not just why not just throw shit at her? Why not just throw shit at? Why not just be as partisan as possible and throw shit at her? The fucking Republican Party is a joke. It is a fucking joke at this point. They are only they they're they're they're, they're treating it like a sport, and they're cheating to win, and uh, they're and they're very sore losers. Um. The Republican Party is, when it's not eating itself, it's it's shitting on, uh, it's shitting on the Democrats for doing anything that might help people that um, they either are too lazy or stupid or racist to help themselves. So you know, fuck the GOP. If you're still a Republican, you, you fucking smarten up. Fucking smarten up. Um, the rash of state GOP parties that have been censuring Congress people and senators for uh, voting against Trump in the impeachment debacle is disgusting. And um, yeah, the GOP, the Texas GOP's treatment of uh, of Ms. Ocasio-Cortez at this point is just indicative of it. And, I mean, you've got a guy like Ted Cruz near the top who is a um, a, a feckless coward, a lying scumbag who abandoned people because the money in his pocket provided him with a way out that millions of other Texans couldn't hope to afford. Uh, I heard somebody else say this. Hey, listen, if... If he had just, if he hadn't been a cheap bastard and spent a little more money, he could have flown private and nobody would have ever known. <laughs> Fucking scumbags. Um, speaking of scumbags, and then we'll get on to, to happier things, much happier things. Gina Carano uh, uh, from Deadline.com. Gina Carano talks being, quote, canceled, supports former Mandalorian co-star Pedro Pascal. Uh, Gino, uh, Gino, <laughs> Gino Carani. Gina Carano went on The Ben Shapiro Show, which is already vomitous, um, to continue to unpack the recent events surrounding her firing from Disney's The Mandalorian, particularly her relationship with her former co-star, Pedro Pascal. So, um, Unpack the Recent Events uh, is uh, media speak for um, set herself up as a martyr. In re As reported earlier, the actress was fired from the Lucasfilm Disney series after she took to social media to, as Lucasfilm described it, post quote, abhorrent material that compared the current divided political climate in the United States to Nazi Germany. This caused hashtag fire Gina Carano to trend, and eventually she was. Well, yeah, simplified, she just wasn't, 
She wasn't brought back. <laughs> in the inter... Ow, my knee. <laughs> oh, sorry, my knee just popped. In, in not a great way. Uh, in the interview with Shapiro, Carano talked about how Pascal wasn't fired for posting a 2018 tweet where he compared undocumented children in cages in the U.S. to Jewish people in concentration camps. Mm, I, you know, I don't really feel like that comparison as is as egregious or as wrong-headed as Carano's. You might be using uh, symbolism that people are very sensitive about. Obviously, you are, which is why you're doing it. Um, but... Are children in cages much different than World War II concentration camps? People were dying in the... Children were getting sick. Children are being separated from families along the, the southern... The, the U.S. southern border. Uh, a lot of whom, to this day, have not been or can't be reunited with their families. Uh, you know... <laughs> Invoking Nazi Germany is going to draw you heat. Um, but I, I think Pascal's closer to the mark. Um, Shapiro points out how it did seem like a double standard that Disney and Lucasfilm didn't take similar action with Pascal as they did with Carano. Fuck off. Listen, at this point, anything Ben Shapiro says... Uh, if Ben Shapiro told me water was wet, I'd, I would, I would reconsider my position on the, on the topic. Cause he's a, a lying, conniving, manipulative, uh, misogynist, racist, uh, homophobic scumbag. Tell us how you really feel about Ben Shapiro, Anthony. Okay. Well, I will. To continue, quote, I adore Pedro, Carano said in the interview. I know he's said and done some hurtful things. Ah, yes. A little whataboutin'. How about a little whataboutin' from Gina Carano? Um, but we had an agreement after we realized we were a little bit politically different. We had an agreement that first and foremost, you're a human being and you're my friend first. Good for Pedro. I have Republican friends. I had a very long conversation uh, about a week or so ago, like three and a half hour conversation with a friend of mine that I haven't really had the chance to talk to in a long time. And and we debated a few things. And I, uh, I believe in his goodness. I believe that I, I believe that he is using uh, his critical thinking skills uh in a, in not in a malicious way there's some things that it's obvious are just outside his sphere of of knowledge and they don't you know they they just don't cotton for him they don't he's he doesn't assimilate the information on certain subjects uh there you know there's going to be things that i don't assimilate the information on cer certain subjects but Anyways, um, at least he's a person who's willing to discuss and listen and learn. Gina Carano doesn't strike me as that kind of person. Gina Carano strikes me as the person 
that she is who has been uh, attacked, sometimes rightfully, sometimes not. But when she, whenever she's attacked, her response is to is to come back stronger, is to double down. Uh, I can't do it. I can't touch the stove. Fuck you. I'm putting my face right on the burners. That's the Gina Carano that I've been seeing the last few months. Anyways, um, she said that they are both passionate about their beliefs and she recognizes that they think differently because of their different experiences. I know, quote, I know that we both have misstepped on our tweets, she said. We're not perfect. We're human beings. But he's not a bad human being. He's a sweet person. Okay. Uh, after the hashtag fire Gina Carano trend hit, she said that Disney was watching her, quote, like a hawk. And, and uh, yeah, okay, so they're watching her. So what did she do? She kept fucking pushing. Kept pushing. She referred back to the double standard and said that while all this was happening, she saw that people on the same production said anything they want. Quote, I had a problem because I wasn't going along with the narrative, she said. Oh, okay. So, facts and kindness and human decency. Um, they're not, they're not her, they're not her bag. Not being a shithead is the narrative. Hmm. In the interview, she also said, I'm not the only one that's ever been bullied by this company, and I know that so deeply. I could share a story which would turn things around in the media, but I can't because I would sell out a friend. Everyone is afraid of losing their job. Uh, they, they have the video for the interview, but... Excuse me. I'll be good goddamned if I'm listening to fucking Ben Shapiro. Uh, it kind of saddens me enough that I would listen to, that I would read Gina Carano's words. Okay, let's talk better things. Let's talk happy making things. Let's talk the Muppet Show. <laughs> Speaking of Disney Plus, Disney has put almost all five seasons of the original 1970s Muppet Show on the Disney Plus service. Um, there's a, uh, there's a blog called toughpigs.com. Tough Pigs is, their subtitle is Muppet Fans Who Grew Up. So it's, it's a community of Muppet fans, that adult Muppet fans. That's great. Um, Muppet History on Twitter retweeted this article and I, I wanted to share some of it because it's kind of interesting. There were, uh, for those of you who don't know, for those of you who too young to know, the the original Muppet Show uh, ran from 1976, yeah, 1976 to 1981, and um, it, it, it's the it's the old vaudeville style uh, stage show, you know, the Muppet Theater. This was what. Uh, Several of the movies have been based on, you know, oh, let's make it in, let's make it on Broadway and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, the, 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 I think it was 2000 and 2012 movie that, uh, that was a hit again. Um, it was about them trying to bring back the theater, you know? Uh, so Henson, Jim Henson, the creator of the Muppets, uh, he, 
created two pilots. He was trying to sell this to ABC. So uh, they cre- they funded two pilots, 1974 and 1975. Uh, neither went to series. So he kept looking around for American networks, and yada, yada, yada. He was contacted by uh, ATV in Britain. They agree to co-produce The Muppet Show. They end up doing five seasons, 120 episodes, which are aired in the United Kingdom and then in syndication in the U.S. through CBS. All right. So CBS doesn't have to foot the bill. They don't have to. They're not committing to a um, a primetime slot for this show. But they help pay for it and they syndicate it. So ATV in the States, CBS in, in, in the United States, ATV in the UK, CBS in the United States, in Canada, uh, I want to say it was CBC. I'm pretty sure it was CBC. I mean, it's Canada. I would have not be saying it wasn't CTV. Anyways. Uh, so they do five seasons, 120 episodes. Uh, and it's uh, it's a lot of the guys who are doing um, Sesame Street, and then extra people that they that they bring in, and writers, and yada yada yada. So of the 120 episodes, 118 are on Disney Plus. Let's explore it. <laughs> Here's the article from from Tough Pigs. With the excitement over the Muppet Show's debut on Disney Plus, the biggest questions on everyone's mind is, yeah, but will it be all of the Muppet Show? As many of us know, the DVDs of the show's first season came with a few missing pieces, thanks to certain music rights issues. And as we've pointed out in our Muppet Show reviews, some episodes contain content that would be considered problematic. Hence, our uncertainty about what to expect. We spoke with representatives at Disney+, and they came to us with some good news and some less than good news. The good news, over 100 of the episodes that will appear on Disney+, are completely unedited. That means no cuts due to music rights issues, no missing United Kingdom spots, because the United Kingdom original episodes would be longer uh, there would be some material that would be cut for syndication in the United States to make room for more cartoons or uh, more commercials, excuse me, make room for more commercials uh, allowed on syndica- syndication in, in the United States. And yes, uh, Canada was absolutely CBC. We got it from Britain for, for the CBC. Anyways, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so no cuts due to music rights. No issues, uh, no missing UK spots, and no trimming the size of the screen to fit modern TV sets. Every episode is complete in length and in their original aspect ratios. The bad news. Not every episode is available at launch. Our contacts at Disney Plus assured us that only two episodes will be left out. Those episodes are... The first missing episode is Brooke Shields. Despite being previously released on the non-Disney Time Life Best of the Muppet Show set, there were music rights issues that kept it from appearing on Disney+. Plus. Since Disney chose to remove the episode entirely, 
rather than release an edited version. We're holding out hope that they're continuing to try and secure the rights so that it might be added at a later date. That's unfortunate. Um, and we'll look into that in a second. The set, you know what? No, let's look into it now because the other thing we have to look into that we have to talk about is, uh, just not kosher. Um, so let's see. I'm scrolling through the list of Muppet Show episodes on Wikipedia because they actually break down each episode to tell you what the uh, what the skits and scenes are. Um, Brooke Shields, I'm you know I'm guessing it's a late season episode, and I shouldn't be. Uh, you know, it's probably a fourth or fifth season episode. It's probably fifth season, and I, I'm probably wasting my time searching through everything. But you know, it's too late now. <laughs> uh, hold on here. Yeah, I'm into the fifth season. Brooke Shields. Here we go. <sighs> Sucks when you know what you're talking about and you fight against yourself. Uh, okay, so Brooke Shields. Um, ah, okay. There's some Alice in Wonderland stuff, uh, some Wizard of Oz stuff. Um, there's an act where, uh, Rolf and Scooter and some other Muppets recite and act out the poem Jabberwocky, but I can't imagine that would be the problem. Um, yeah, so, uh, my guess is that it's the Wizard of Oz songs. Um, yeah, well, that's a shame. That is a darn shame. Who owns the rights to the Wizard of Oz now? Huh, to the movie version anyways. Oh, well. Uh... The book itself is in public domain. It entered public domain in 1956. So anybody can do a version of it. But the movie... Huh. Alright. Anyways. We've, we've delayed long enough. Let's talk about the other terrible thing. The second missing episode is Chris Langham. While Disney declined to comment on their reason for excluding this episode, we presume it's due to the problematic past of the guest star. Although the episode itself is a particularly fun one, we can't ignore Langham's personal history, and we understand why it won't be available on Disney+. Plus. Now, Tough Pigs already did an article uh, a few weeks ago about Chris Langham, and I, I will quote from it. In 1980, Richard Pryor was scheduled to appear on The Muppet Show. He had to drop out for personal reasons at the last minute, so staff writer Chris Langham stepped in. Langham, a British comedian who was recommended by John Cleese, we have our own problems with John Cleese of late, uh, had joined the show's writing staff in season three. Um, 
Langham's lanky, offbeat performance is a delight. Watching this, this episode, you can see his influence on the show as a writer. He does two acts completely alone. Amazingly, despite starring uh, only a human, both of them still feel exactly like The Muppet Show. The first is an indescribable act about a Scotsman that ends with a hailstorm of peanuts falling on his head. The second is a routine where he invents a time travel apparatus. Halfway through, it sends him back in time, and he does the first half backwards. Back in college... I watched that sketch. Oh, this is from the writer. Back in college, I watched that sketch over and over, marveling at the precision with which he mirrors every single inflection and gesture. Uh, Langham's interactions with the Muppets are just as good. He confuses Sam the Eagle with a sausage card trick. A sausage? What's a sausage card? Uh, he. Oh, a sausage card trick. Yeah, I seem to remember this, where he has like you know like two handfuls of sausages. That he holds up and he says, you know, pick a sausage, any sausage. Um, he does a hysterical owl imitation backstage. Best of all, he finds a kindred spirit in Gonzo, who excitedly watches Chris's magic act rehearsal backstage. This leads to the closing number, Hawaiian Cowboy, another inspired bit of nonsense. It's a terrific end to one of the show's best ever episodes. When I first saw... Uh, okay, here we go. In 2007, Chris Langham was arrested and sent to jail for possession of child pornography. In general, we try not to dwell on the personal lives of Muppet people on this website, but of course, this changed my view of this episode. I was devastated, the writer was devastated to learn it. After all, I would never have heard of Chris Langham without the Muppet show. I built, eh, okay. Um, so this goes back to a thing that uh, I've discussed myself with various people is the separation of art uh, of, the, of the artist from his art. Can you separate the artist from their art? Um, when it comes to, and this is a, this is a, a little something that Gina Carano needs to probably learn as well. When it comes to um, a corporate entity like Disney and what they're putting on their Disney plus platform, then you would absolutely err on the side of caution and not broadcast, not, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to put Chris Langham on so that, um, he makes royalties or he is publicized in, in, in any way. So that's, that's just the way it is. You gotta, you gotta own your shit. And uh, no matter how funny a guy Chris Langham was, he apparently also was a horrendous person. Anyways. Uh, in addition to the episode cuts, we're already hearing reports of missing segments. Despite being assured that the episodes were presented in full, there have been various cuts throughout the series. Uh, thanks to eagle-eyed Reddit user, uh, it, what? Itachi Ishtar? It, yeah, I think that says Itachi Ishtar. All right. 
Uh, here's a here's a list of some of the so anyways um, episodes by episodes with guests Bernadette Peters, Don Knotts, Cheryl Ladd, Danny Kay, Roger Miller, and Murray. How Canadian of you, James Colburn, Tony Randall, Hal Linden, Wally Bogue, Buddy Rich. Hey, drumming, uh, and Marty Feldman have been cut. The Marty Feldman cut is the Sesame Street theme. Oh, that's disappointing. That's very disappointing. Um, yeah. Uh, since many of the above segments were either previously cleared for the old DVD sets or the UK spots unseen in American edits, we are holding out hope that most, if not all, of these will be reinstated into the episodes. Yeah, they can do that at any time. You know, they just upload you upload a, a different file to your servers and uh you know bob's your uncle um yeah so hey there you go if you uh if you've never seen them and you have disney plus my god by all means go and check them out i mean there's there's some really hokey humor and uh one of the things you need to know is that uh, a bunch of episodes on disney plus are, are are being given a disclaimer at the beginning of the show uh here here we go um this program includes negative depictions and or mistreatment of people or cultures these stereotypes were wrong then and are wrong now the disclaimer states rather than remove this content we want to acknowledge its harmful impact learn from it and spark conversation to create a more inclusive future together the disclaimer says I know in in uh, in one of the episodes, there's uh, in the first season, there's a uh, a Turkish song, a song being sung by a Turkish character, a woman, a Turkish woman in a veil dances around him. At the end of the song, she pulls off her veil. She's got a mustache, and it looks like looks like a Muppet version of Jamie Farr, really. Um, here we go. Uh, Disney is committed to creating stories with inspirational, aspirational themes that reflect the rich diversity of the human experience around the globe. The statement concludes: The Muppets, uh, the Muppets was once celebrated for its depictions of Native American, Middle Eastern, and Asian people, but there are some moments that haven't survived the change in attitudes since they first aired. Let's not call it a change in attitude. Let's call it an evolution in attitude because it's not a change like uh you know put on a, a you got your shirt is dirty let's change shirts it is uh it is people coming into the light of how they should treat others and how they want to be treated themselves and being able to stand up for themselves come on um but here we go for example, country singer Johnny Cash is seen performing in front of a Confederate flag in one episode. That former staple of Southern country is now verboten. Uh, we can drift into German in this article, apparently. Uh, as seen by the recent apology from singer Luke Combs for his past use of it. Uh, you know, the Confederate flag, I, I, I think about wrestlers who have used it. You know, Chris Hamrick and... And and uh, and Tracy Smothers, um, friends of mine, who have used it, and I never, from them, I've never looked at it anything more than the gimmick. Uh, maybe 
at worst, I've looked at it as um, people viewing it as a piece of their heritage without having seen the other side of what it really means. And that isn't a change. That's an evolution. That is an evolution of thought, of empathy, um, to get to the place where, hey, you know, this this piece of cloth is a symbol of hate to me and having other people say, okay, I'll stop using it. <laughs> but, you know, then there are people who know exactly what it is and know exactly what it means to other people. And that's why they want it flown to keep people afraid. So... It's an evolution, not just a change. Uh, so, The Muppets. Go fucking watch it. There you go. There's the recommendation for today. Um, let's see. Let's get to some other nonsense here before we wrap up. Uh, Edgar Wright is going to be directing a new version of Stephen King's The Running Man. And apparently, it is not just a remake of the 1987 movie it is uh, going to be closer to the uh, more faithful to king's best-selling novel as deadline puts it uh who's writing the script uh michael bacall uh okay all right uh so edgar wright and michael bacall are writing the script together um, Simon Kinberg will produce through Kinberg's genre films banner alongside blah, 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 near a park from Wright's complete fiction banner. Ah, okay, whatever. Come on. Give me a break. Um, do, 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 do. Let's see here. Uh, this becomes a top priority pick for Paramount and a novel which King published as a paperback uh, back in 1982, the dystopian thriller that still feels prescient in the current collision between pop culture and politics. Uh, this before social media ratcheted up the stakes. Alex Jackson is shepherding it at Paramount. Well, that's that's good. Um, I'm sure they'll crowbar in a Schwarzenegger cameo. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Ken Jennings bids Jeopardy farewell with Alex Trebek's salute reveals new guest host. Let's just talk about the guest host because I don't want to talk about, uh, fucking Ken Jennings. Jesus criminy. Uh, future guest hosts include Jeopardy executive producer Mike Richards. Oh, he fucking booked himself, huh? Uh, <laughs> journalist and author Katie Couric, Green Bay Packers quarterback, A.A. Ron Rogers, 60 Minutes correspondent Bill Whitaker, and actress and neuroscientist Mayim Bialik. Listen to how this was written. This was not edited well. <laughs> 60 Minutes correspondent Bill Whitaker, and actress and neuroscientist slash actress Mayim Bialik. I think they want us to know she's an actress. That's just, that's just a typo. <laughs> I've done worse things in stuff I've been writing and not paid attention. Um, some of it's gotten into print in a comic book. Uh, um, it's goodbye, 
but not a due for the 46. Okay, last article went into German. This one goes into French. It's goodbye, but not adieu. For the 46-year-old Jennings, who will serve as a consulting producer on the show, he revealed in a tweet on Friday that guest hosts of the future include Dr. Oz. Boo! Fuck that guy! Uh, NBC News anchor Savannah Guthrie, CNN anchor Anderson Cooper, and CNN chief medical correspondent Dr. Sanjay Gupta. For the love of fuck, just throw a bunch of money at LeVar Burton, name him the permanent host, and let's get on with it. Um, was there one other thing? Yeah. Now, I didn't read this article on purpose after I saw the headline. I am going to, uh, I'm going to watch the episode, though. But the headline here from Deadline is The Simpsons Brings Edna Krabappel Back to Pay Tribute to the Late Marsha Wallace. I like the sound of that headline. Hey, the cat is near me. I'm going to scratch the cat because she was mad at me earlier. And I don't want her to... I don't want her to stay mad at me. Okay. Earlier tonight, I was doing a, a, a live streaming thing with John Greed and Holden Albright and some people. And uh, she came over and she whacked me on the leg a couple of times to get my attention to scratch her. And as we know, she has sharp claws. So pleasantly rubbing up against my legs here to get my attention. There you go. Um, On Sunday night's episode of The Simpsons titled Dairy Queen, uh, the audience gets treated to a visit from a familiar face and voice that became iconic in the long-running Fox animated series. In the episode, Bart stumbles upon the diary of Edna Krabappel, who was voiced by the late great Marsha Wallace, who won an Emmy for the role in 1992. For more than 175 episodes, she was known as Bart's teacher as well as Ned Flanders' second wife. The result is a very heartfelt tribute to the actress who died unexpectedly in 2013 at the age of 70. Um... Yeah, you know what, Marsha Wallace, I'm not going to say I grew up on Marsha Wallace because I didn't I didn't watch the original uh Bob Newhart show very closely as a kid. Um but I I did see the show, I knew the show and I I knew Marsha Wallace as his his receptionist. And so you know, it was cool in the late 80s to get that recognizable voice as as Bart's teacher, Edna Krabappel. Her name is Krabappel? Aw, I've been calling her Crandall. I look like an idiot. There we go. Sorry. Homer Simpson for you. Um, hmm, let's see. The Simpsons always remembered the character and the actress who voiced Bart's teacher in Ned Flanders' second wife. Shortly after she died, we saw Bart write, We'll really miss you, Mrs. K, on the chalkboard in the opening credits. In addition... An episode in 2014 featured Ned's remin- uh, Ned Flanders reminiscing about his late wife. Both his first two wives have died. But uh, what about the one he married in Vegas? Oh, I don't know. We'll have to investigate Ned Flanders' 
many, many wives another time. The memory of Wallace lived on with a Dairy Queen, which was supposed to air last week, but was pushed due to NASCAR weather delays. It's a stupid reason. <laughs> Nonetheless, audiences were treated to the Edna Krabappel tribute. The official Simpsons Twitter account teased the tribute on Sunday, saying, Join us for a trip down memory lane with Mrs. K tonight. To make the episode even more heartfelt, Wallace's real voice was used, according to Deadline's sister site, Variety. Deadline and Variety are sister sites? I didn't know that. Hmm. Uh, with the permission of the Wallace estate, executive producer Al Jean said that they used lines she had previ said previously on the show which fit into the storyline. The tribute was emotional, but we're sure this isn't the last time The Simpsons will remember the legacy of Wallace and her memorable character of Edna Krabappel. Aw, that's very sweet. If you're not going to be super funny, you can at least be endearing. <laughs> All right, where are we? We're at, well, we're coming up on 45. That's the, well, let's call it a show. Um, so Thursday we'll be back with Jody Threat. Now, if I read you the texts where she said she won't skip out, she promises we're getting it to no excuse, she said. Let's do it. <laughs> so Thursday, Jody Threat. So if you uh, have listened to the end of the episode, hi, hi, Chloe. Hi. Reach down and scratch Chloe a little. I'm not scratching her the way she likes. Now she's going to walk by. Jesus. This cat is so weird. Uh, and fussy. This is a fussy little cat. Here, how's that? Under your chin? Is that good? Yeah. Okay. Leave me alone for a second. What was I saying? Something about Jody. Yeah, if you have questions for Jody Threat, for a professional wrestler and skateboard enthusiast and punk music lover and all that stuff, Jody Threat. Uh, send them. You're tapping me on the shin with your claws. Okay, jeez. I better wrap this up or she's going to chop my leg off. If you have questions for Jody Threat, send them in to me. Uh, get with me on Twitter at my name is Kingdom. And just send your questions to me. Uh, and of course, if you're, uh, if you're a Patreon subscriber, you can send them to me through Patreon. Send me a message on Patreon. Um, speaking of Patreon, as little as $2 a month gets you, um, membership in the Patreon. You get the exclusive Friday episode of the show. You get, uh, videos. You get comic book stuff. Um, you get classic episodes of the show from 2008, 2009, 2010. I'm adding more stuff every, you get, uh, extra panels to my comic strips. Yes. She hit me again. Uh, <laughs> this is an abusive relationship. I'm turning into Gareth, uh, Gareth Reynolds from the dollop is cat. Jose beats him up all the time. Um, you're a good girl. Yes, you are. Um, yeah, join the Patreon for God's sake. <sighs> join the Patreon so I can pay to have a doctor tranquilize my cat and trim her nails. Uh, <laughs> all my social media at my name is Kingdom. That's Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, uh, uh, Twitch, streaming on Twitch, and 
Patreon. And, um, yeah, that's it. So, please, take care of one another. Look out for each other. Uh, find some good trouble to get into together. And I will talk to you again on Thursday. Your Uncle Kingdom loves you. Bye.